Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, no. Oh, no. He came saw it, put it in her... And, like, I didn't even know it was gone. I just found it in her room one day. And luckily, she took care of it. But she's like, yeah, it was shiny, so I took it. I'm like, it is pretty shiny. <laughs> was it a hologram card? Yeah, it was, it was just, like, some... Yeah. You know. Like Venom, like one yeah. of one Venom hologram or something. It wasn't, luckily, it wasn't that expensive, but I was still oh, like, okay. oh my God, you've got this in your room. That's interesting. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> a heart yep. attack here. Yep. That's just, I'm waiting for that. But yeah, wait for that, man. I mean, it'll be fun. The only thing of value that I have upstairs, like, because all my office of work is below, is my laptop. And that's because it goes up and down with me. But yeah. I've, I've taken everything else down. I'm also just, I just ask for it because I have things of value, just like, I mean, my yeah, comments on my back wall. Even I know that. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> let's go. Hi, welcome in. It's the Monday Night Football edition of the No House Advantage Strategy Show. So we appreciate you rolling with us. The Live Before Lock No House Advantage Strategy Show. We do it all here. It's all one all-encompassing thing here, getting you ready for Monday's slate. Now, if you're new to NHA, you're clearly not new to us. That's fine. We appreciate you rolling with us. If you happen to be new to both, hit the subscribe button, please. And then also, we'll tell you through. Jeff is here, so don't worry. We'll tell you how to walk through building a lineup. Mike's going to show you the visuals there as he's producing, and I'm just going to be here hanging out as we all get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles to take on the Washington Commanders. Now, Jeff, looking at this game, it's moved, I saw, in some places to 11 and a half. I'd be shocked if it wouldn't touch 12 at some point before probably coming back down, but there is a at least game flow expectation from the spread that this will not be the Philadelphia Eagles' first loss of the season. So, I actually took, in full disclosure, Washington plus 11 this morning. Okay. So that's where I stand. You know, I don't want you to think that I'm like Mike Lawrence here, all homered up and, you know, green goggles. Like, I didn't come with my green goggles. Look at this kid. You, you see him? Look at yeah. his screen here. I mean, I didn't even wear my Philly special shirt. <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, I, mean, I try to keep an objective here so I didn't lose all my credibility, right? But – I, I don't know where you stand. So as always, like yeah. I'm, I'm always curious to know how you see the game play out first. And then we could, you know, talk about building. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think I'm kind of with you here. I mean, I think that um, Washington, Oh, I just spoke close. Okay. I think Washington, I don't want to say getting disrespected. I think it's just more that the Eagles are getting a lot of respect for what they've yeah. done and they deserve it. I mean, just a full, you know, no injury issues really. 
you know, adding, adding some pieces with Robert Quinn, but you look at the commanders, like they're, I like what their defense has done. They've been a little bit better against the pass late. Um, the D line's getting healthier and like, they should have beat Minnesota last week. I mean, they really blew that game. So again, we're not asking them to win. Like you said, I think this game will be somewhat close. It's still a division game. Um, but I'm not, again, like I'm not super bullish on it either. It's not like my top pick of the week, but I'm with you. Like, I, I think the 11 points is a lot. Uh, for a division game. And, and that's where I would roll. Um, so I, I think this game will be somewhat close. I think there'll be some, some yards there probably for Heineke and, and some, some players on Washington later in the game. And we'll, we'll try and target those here and, and see where we can go on no house for the props and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think that this potentially will go over the number as well. So um, that's kind of how I'm leaning for this game. All right. So that this is where I'm, Really fascinated because I do some local stuff in Philadelphia, local media. And I, one of the shows that, that I did this morning, there was a, a conversation about the same thing. And the guy I was doing the show with it, it exactly like we just said here, we're both on the same side when it comes to the spread. We both think that it's way too much. And in a roundabout way, it, it's kind of disrespectful to the Philadelphia Eagles like under what circumstances is this an 11 point spread in a division game in which Washington is better the last time that, that they've played? I mean, you just look at it. You mentioned it though. It's, it's ridiculous division game for that, but yeah. where we differ is I just, and, and this is where I'm going to defer to you because, and I had the same conversation this morning. I'm shocked. Not that you like Washington plus 11. I like Washington plus 11, but how you see Washington hanging in a game that goes over this total, because to me, this is a 17, 14, this is a 2013 type game in which Washington is just Bernard Hopkins. If I can use another Philadelphia athlete, please just holding and grub grappling right. and just slowing everything down. So how does it get over? I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't. It's just my no, no. first inclination was, all right, if I'm taking Washington, I'm definitely going under. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, like, obviously we're, we're talking about different eight game outcomes. I, I just yep. look, you know, with Taylor Heineke, they've just been a little bit more efficient moving the ball, able, able to obviously move the ball with his legs as well. McLaurin's uh, popped up. So I, I think that they do have the type of receivers that can at least win against some of these Philly corners again, not win consistently enough necessarily that they're going to put them into like a, a touchdown lead or something, but win to the point where, you know, Philly, you know, is Philly's going to move the ball. The other thing is like, I have pretty, pretty solid confidence in Jalen hurts here yeah. to potentially throw a couple touchdown passes. So um, I, I think that, you know, with, with Dotson back with them starting to use Gibson more and with Heineke with having the legs, I think that they're going to be able to do enough here to get to like, you know, 14, 17 points. And then the other side of the equation is, I mean, I, I, I think Philly's going to score more. I still think Philly's going to score more than 20 points here. I just have, yep. I think Devonta Smith could go off here. Um, and, and, I, and like I said, Hertz has been passing the ball with just real efficiency of late. I don't think he, he's necessarily even going to need to use his legs as mu that much in this game. So um, I just like the way both these offenses are trending more than anything. Not that the defenses can't step up and, and make this ugly as well. Maybe, maybe Heineke does turn into a pumpkin here and just puts in, you know, like they score 10 points. Certainly an outcome, but uh, I slightly lean towards the the more offensive game where we get, you know, like a, a, a twenty seven kind of twenty maybe, yeah, um, maybe even that's being a little bit maybe like twenty four twenty kind of game, um, than uh, than necessarily the seventeen fourteen one. 
but you're still going over that 43 and a half, which makes sense that, that you're getting. I would. Over I mean, I, again, I, I don't even know if I'm going to bet that I'm definitely betting the spread, but like yep. I would lean over. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I, I, and I understand it. And I think that's the best way to put it is that these are leans for us with the total, but the strength of it is that it's not fully stapled on one side, if you will, there's flexibility, there's movement. It's a shame that we can't play. We can't play Jalen's rushing. So yeah. just wanted to triple check that. It's a shame because th that's that's like its own show. Because on one hand, you have the dynamic legs, the ability for this man to turn 50. He's, you know, like Fields and Josh Allen. They're guys in the game who, whatever their total is, unless it's like a running back total, two runs and they got it. But yeah. you're right. And I'm, and I'm definitely inclined to agree with you where he should not have to, on multiple circumstances tonight, he should not have to use his legs. But then I come back to the fact that, oh, you know what? Washington blitzes more than a lot of teams would have you. It's all moot, though, because we can't even play it. So, look, <laughs> let's just look at where we can play and, and what we can do to look at everything across the board. 47 and a half for Brian Robinson, Kenneth Gainwell as well. Those are the two guys right now, Jeff, in our projections, which are up there free on Stochastic. Sorry, you can use Stochastic. Uh, you can use our promo code Stochastic. We'll match your first deposit up to $50, but we only have two in the 70s. Shocker, sarcastically, of course, they're both unders, Brian Robinson, Kenny Gainwell, you mentioned Gibson, but Robinson is a heavy underplay, as is Gainwell here, at least percentage-wise. So are you okay with both of those? Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily have um, a reason. I mean, I, I already talked up uh, Robinson's under this morning before I even saw the projections. It's just 47 and a half. It just nice. kind of pops off the page. Um, you know, you've got a situation where Gibson has been actually out-touching, out-snapping him at the very least. And um yeah, I mean, again, like, I guess the the matchup maybe isn't terrible. I mean, Philly, if like you, you've some teams have been able to run on them in the past. Um, so, I mean, I, I do expect like um, the the commanders to at least attempt to get that rush game going. But, um, you know, with, with Gibson taking over 40 percent of the snaps with this just being like a backfield by committee kind of thing. I mean, I, I don't really have a huge reason to think that this is a spot where Brian Robinson pops up with 20 carries again. I know Gibson's kind of been more of the passing back and, and Robinson getting a little bit more early downs, but you know, it was 11, 13 in terms of carries in the last game was seven, eight, the, the, the game before Gibson's coming on. He's starting to get more work. Um, he's, he's a pretty dynamic back in his own. And I think if he starts off well here or he gets involved in the pass game, you're just not going to see that much of Brian Robinson. So 47 and a half, it was, it, it jumped off the page. It's asking a lot. And um, it, it's a, I'm not shocked that our projections have this up there. It was, it's kind of the first one I was looking for, and it's pretty much exactly where I thought it would be. So, yeah, and I was I was looking at Washington's defense and, and thinking, all right, it's such an obvious play here. If and look, somehow the Jalen Hurts rushing yards, I think, does kind of come back into conversation. The Gainwell one, I'm a little surprised at because this just tells me overall that we're not really confident that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to run. Because I, I don't think that Kenny Gainwell goes under 20 yards rushing and Miles Sanders goes off for a buck 50. 
it's pretty much going to be Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell to a lesser extent are going to be able to run or they're not. And I was trying to look for, because, you know, I'm, I can't help myself and I need to find some sort of long punt bomb to play from a touchdown standpoint. So Gainwell getting a couple of looks here or there, it, it was a little surprising unless this is just the general feel. And maybe you're buying that as well, which is look, this is not going to be from Sanders to Hertz to Gainwell to Boston Scott. Anybody's really going to run successfully against Washington. It's, it's a little bit of an interesting call, right? From the perspective of, um, you know, like we've, we've seen Gainwell go over this number quite a few times this yep. year. Um, it's really just, again, this is one where I, I wouldn't have a problem going over the, against the projections, especially for the pick'em contest. It's interesting. Cause like Boston Scott barely played in the, in their last game against Houston. And that was a game where they were up too. So, you know, Gainwell still pretty much locked in, I think as a second back Scott gets mixed in here and there, but I think Gainwell was kind of their second back to begin with last year. I, I I'm not, I mean, it's just been a weird rotation. I think that's why the projections are low on him more than anything, but um, yeah, like, uh, I mean, you know, you could factor in the idea that like maybe Washington's uh, defensive line comes into here, but for me, this is just a pure usage usage thing on and Gainwell. He's just, you know, he hasn't taken more than five carries in a game this year. He's really fluctuated between two and five. And if he gets to five, he's pretty much gone over in all those. If he gets to four, he's pretty much gone over, but I guess the projections are just saying, you know, we haven't projected more in the three range because he's been so up and down. Um, I'm I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see a reason why Boston Scott would pop up here with six or seven carries with the way Sanders has been going and Gainwell's really just kind of that, that third down, you know, RPO back where he gets like, you know, a couple targets, a couple carries. I don't think you're going to see too much Boston Scott. So, I mean, I, I think Kenneth Gainwell makes sense here as like a bit of a contrarian play. Again, our projections are, he's a variable play. And I think it's, it's, it's fine to have him projected as the under, but I like what the, the Eagles have done kind of with him um, outside of that Pittsburgh game. Really? He's, he's kind of just been the, the, the heavier used back. And I think it's fine to take a shot with him here and, and maybe put him in as like a low point play for an over. Yeah, I, I get that. The, the, the low point I think would be, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, right. I mean, you could, I don't know if you need to be super contrary. No, 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 you're right. You, you, yeah. you don't need to be right. Yeah. But you know what though? And it's more of a question for the benefit of the show in the sense of me just asking in general, but is there, is there value Jeff in making that a higher point contrarian play simply because our projection is so high for uh Gainwell to go under, right? Like yeah. if that's if that's where Devontae Smith's receptions are like 58.3, maybe there is a slam dunk that it's a low. And I'm just asking more for the benefit, say, well, well, somebody may be watching, like, come on, man, that guy, you know, the entire field here that has stochastics projections gonna go under Gainwell. Yeah, maybe I can go eight or nine points uh -huh. or seven mm -hmm. points. But to what I, I think you're gonna say is it may not be worth that risk. Well, I mean, it's, it's all about risk reward, right? Like if, if you think the whole field is going to be under on Gainwell, not just from our projections, but also just from a visual point of, you know, the, the general public will say it's too big, Boston Scott's involved. Then it really comes down to the reward is you're getting leverage on the field, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's going to be a highly used prop. And you know what? I, I think there is actually some, some like, viability with that. I think people will look at this and, and look at this as an underplay. People will use unders as much as overs, but, I do think it'll be pretty popular to go under. And I think his, his real line should probably be closer to 17, 16 and a half. So I think that's going to drive a lot of people towards the under here. And that just gives us the leverage and the reward that we like when we're taking risks like this. So 
it's really not a bad contrarian play. Maybe, I mean, I, I was, you know, speaking from more of a safety standpoint, sure. you want to put it up, but if you want to create a real contrarian play where, you know, I, I think a good portion of the field will be on the under, I don't think there'll going to be many people taking the over on Gainwell. It's probably worthwhile to think about it as a higher point play for sure. Yep. It's just one of those ones where it, it, we're not talking about creating props, a prop ticket. We're not betting a prop single. This is a DFS strategy move. And most people are going under on Gainwell or just not playing them. So, you know, you get that leverage against the field by going over. You know, you start to look at Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Those are the next two guys that pop up back to back, really receiving yards and receptions yeah. for under. You talked about the Eagles secondary and it's a shame because he's back from injury, but he's not playable here in Dotson. But the yeah. Eagles are down their slot cornerback in Avante Maddox. Everybody's kind of moving over a little bit. And the depth is just thin. Like, they are thin right now. So you clearly have two guys on the outside in cornerbacks that are beyond capable and have been playing exceptionally well. But there's going to be, I, I think, an easy area to attack. And I just don't know who's going to – if it's movement on, you know, where you're uh, pre-snap, what have you, what have you. But I don't know who's going to benefit more from that than maybe Dotson, but I don't, th you know, you can't play him here. So I don't know if that just falls yeah. into or part, I guess, Jeff, why that would fall into unders for Samuel McLaurin. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I struggled with this this morning. I actually left the, um, the, the Washington receivers out of my, yeah. my video for the simple reason, exactly as you, you said, I want to attack this spot. I know Maddox is out. I think it's a good spot. And you mentioned Dotson. But Dotson being back also takes away targets potentially from, I think probably from Samuel the most, but again, we're not really sure. This is a new quarterback. We haven't seen Heineke play with all these guys. I would go to McLaren here. I would. I know that like, you know, Slay is still out there and, and, and all that, but you know, I, I you, just being down that one cornerback, it could just, you know, wreck, wreck a little bit of havoc just in terms of the plans for the Eagles moving guys around. I mean, if that makes any sense, yeah. I, again, you have to come back to what we've seen with Heineke, eight targets, nine targets for McLaurin. Samuel hasn't gone past four the last two games. I think that the matchup probably speaks more to Samuel, but like, I want the targets here. I, I think that, that Heineke is going to stick with his guy. I think that maybe that injury just creates a little bit of havoc in the secondary for the Eagles and McLaurin goes over some of his numbers. That's how I feel. I know the projections don't agree with my, me, but one of these Washington receivers, I think is going to have an okay night. And I would much feel much better about gambling on McLaurin. Um, and, and again, like we're going against the projections here. That's fine. But we're not just talking, we're not just taking one prop in itself here. We're, we're trying to build a lineup. And, and I think that if you're, you're looking at this game, one of these receivers probably going to go over. Yeah. I mean, unless it's just a complete disaster, right? Like, and I think McLaurin is, is the, the high-end player um, capable of getting that 50-yard play and just busting it over for you in one or two plays. So probably looking at his receiving yards. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a tough one to decipher. And I wish Dotson was on here just like you. So. It would make it so much easier, right? Yeah. But you, I think you're on to something, too, where you, you look at all of these unders here. And we'll get to Heineke in, in a second because the interception category – is yeah. another one that we should talk about with both guys, really, because I, I sneak mm. alert here. I, I disagree with where we have Jalen Hurts. But again, just looking at that as a whole, it's all part of the underplays. And hey, especially if you're on your side of this thing, 
where you like this, even if it's getting to 44, you're still over. Like you're still getting to 44 points. It's hard to think that this game goes over without one of these guys on either or really both teams. And Dallas Goddard all the way there at the bottom of our free projections on stochastic, barely sliding over his receiving yards. But everybody else, Jeff, all the big impact players, you mentioned Smith, A.J. Brown on the other side. We just talked about McLaurin and Samuel. They're all unders, unders, unders. It's just hard for me to think that a team scores 24 to 26 points tonight yeah. And not one guy goes off and has himself a night. Yeah. And, and again, like, especially on the, the Eagles side, right. Which is way more likely to score the 24 plus yes. points. Good point. So um, yeah, there's again, like there's, there's two ways to play this game. You take unders across the board. Um, maybe you take like, like one over or something like maybe, uh, I don't even know. Like you take like the Heineke over touchdowns or something, but then you take all these yardages under, or you, you play for more of like a 24-20 game where uh, there's a little bit more movement. And you, you got to pick your spots, though, because I don't think you should play all overs either. I think that's just as, as bad a strategy as it, it's probably just the worst strategy. I just don't think this game necessarily speaks to that. But, um, you know, I talked about McLaurin. I mean, I think that this is a good spot for Devonta Smith to pop back up. And that's probably where I would go. He's, you know, his, his projection is, is about as neutral as, as we get him and Goddard uh, pretty much the same. You look at Washington secondary, they've, they've been a little bit better, but like those, those secondary wide wide outs have had really big games against them. It just feels like a spot where Smith's just going to float around the middle of the field. Hertz will find him, and he's going to bust open a couple big plays. I mean, he's been quiet the last couple games. That only means fewer people are going to use him too. I, I think it's 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 fair to say the projections just kind of have this as a coin flip. And um, if you look at the matchup and you just look at what the, the Eagles have done stylistically and how the the it sets up against their the Washington secondary, it's it's pretty easy to go, okay, this is probably the guy I want to bet on for an over. And and I'm I'd be absolutely fine with that. What about uh, we a couple of minutes here as we wind down, we'll hand things over to the NBA crew for tonight. But the well, really. You know, Dallas Goddard and I guess on the other side, oh no, we can't play Logan, right? And this one? No. Just, yep. Just Goddard here. And, and that's essentially in the conversation of receiving and, and that's basically tree. You should be treating him out there like a receiver anyway. So it, I think it just factors into what we've been talking about specifically with a guy like Devonte Smith, because Dallas Goddard has had so much attention on him uh, like AJ Brown, or you can just rotate that, logic if you will around because brown's going to be the the guy getting the most but again we go back to receivers heavy on the under and yet not one running back is popping up over so just looking at gibson looking at sanders and we talked about the other guys they the one a's or the b's if you will in scott gainwell and on the other side robinson but antonio gibson is basically a sharp number right on the money from where NHA has to where we have at stochastic. And it's essentially the same thing for Miles Sanders, Jeff. So yeah, again, I, I don't know if you a agree and you think it's as sharp as it is. And if you do, if this is a match, if this is a matchup thing, or if this is a game flow thing in which these guys are pretty much taken out of the game. Sanders look real good lately. So he's, he's a little bit tougher to bet against, but I, I don't mind going under on him. I think the Washington knows that Philly loves to run the ball. I think they'll really try and get, I think their, their best route to winning 
is to get Jalen Hurts to throw a little bit more. And Jalen Hurts in this offense is basically unstoppable when he's running. But, you know, passing a little bit more variable can lead to mistakes. Hurts has been great passing too. So I'm not suggesting that necessarily it's going to work for Washington, but I think that's their best play. And they've been really good at limiting rush yards. I mean, they've only allowed the seventh most rush yards to opposing running backs. I think it's a good spot to go up, to go against uh, Miles Sanders and take the under there. And on the other side, I was a little bit surprised that Gibson's prop that we didn't have him projected for, for an over. I mean, 37.5 neutral, but he's looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. His snap share is pretty good. I mean, again, I'd rather go over on his receiving yardage, but I, I don't mind like taking a Robinson under and then a Gibson over. I mean, I, I think that Gibson's starting to earn a little bit more trust. Robinson's been okay, but again, I think if Gibson comes out and starts well, you're going to see more snaps from him. And he's, he's been the heavier snap player. So that's how I'm looking at the run game. Um, again, I, th- I think this is a spot where I would be okay fading Miles Sanders and maybe even just taking like the over on pairing it with like the over on Jalen Hurts passing touchdowns. Um, you know, uh, one way to, to neutralize Sanders or just that he gets neutralizes, you know, Hurts throws like a 22 yard touchdown pass. Yeah. I like pass, that. There's no more yards for him. Right. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the way I'm looking at, uh, you know, those, those backs. Okay. So on the five in the final couple of minutes here, I'll, I'll lead with mine and we could end with yours as far as the one on the board that you would tell the entire stochastic community, you know what? Right. The, the whole field is going this way, following our, not just the NHA, I'm saying like our projections, you know, yep. it's the contrarian play that we kind of look at. Here's where I'm going to rationalize this or reason this out. It's Jalen Hurts interceptions because you, you said it and then you corrected yourself, but I don't think you needed to correct yourself because Jalen Hurts has been throwing the ball really well, like efficiently, but he has a mistake in him. Like once a game, he has a rush throw. He just, he has a bad throw in him. And if it's combined with a receiver making a bad break, reaching for a ball, we've seen that be an interception as well. And the reason why I like this, Jeff, is because like the books, you're getting plus money depending on where you look at it. But I, I think people are, are not going to look, and this is just my human take on this. I don't think people are going to look at the 0.5.5 so much as they're going to look at the 61.9. And, and slam that on an under more so than stay away from it because it's a sharp 0.5.5. So my contrarian play would be to go over that because I think you have as good a shot, if any, but it's 61.9% on our projections. Yeah, no. Um, and that, that's going to be, that's going to be a very contrarian play people. I mean, Jalen Hurts like almost in the lead for the MVP candidate. No one's, yep. no one's going to go out of their way to go over on him. So that. Again, we're, we're looking for plays like that, potentially to just gain like a big edge. I like that one. Um, you know, Washington the, the one- blitzes, and, I, and you're right, man. Hertz isn't going to run. He's not I, just going to – like I think Hertz is more prone tonight to throw at, out of a mistake than he is to tuck it and run 15 yards. Yeah, and he's just been trending that way a little bit more. I think he's gaining a little bit of confidence back there. He's really getting – Yeah, gunslinger. But, but to your point – like it's, you know, the, the, the blitz, they, they put a little pressure on it. It's just one mistake you need for an INT. So we you get that on the first play of the game, you know, like <laughs> I'll take um, it from yeah. your lips. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say like the, I'm going to stick with my McLaurin call. I, I think that yeah. that is the route again. I, I, if we, if I like watching to keep the semi close to cover, maybe even hit an over, I mean, he's got to show up like, 
it could be Dotson, but I mean, we're just going to pretend Dotson doesn't exist. And right. I have my doubts about Dotson too. Just his first time with Heineke, always a little bit scary, new quarterback, but I, I think McLaurin and him have shown a pretty solid connection here. And again, the Eagles down a man. Uh, I know it's not like the guy who's going to be covering him all the time, but it's something. And um, I just got a respect from McLaurin. And I, I think that he probably goes over. So I'm going to call over. I'm just going to say, oh, he goes over both his props. Love it. Over four and a half, over 62 and a half. He's certainly capable. So that, that, that's, uh, that's one prop I wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, I don't think it'll be as contrarian as the, the Hertz, but it'll be, I think most yeah. people will be looking to take the under here. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. And it's, you gave us the same game parlay of contrarian right there. Two for one. I love it, man. All right. We, we appreciate you all hanging with us at the fantasy grind on Twitter at Chandler show for me. Thanks to Mike for producing. Thanks to you all out there. Hit the thumbs up button, subscribe, and please take advantage of this promo. We have free projections for you on site. We have an optimal lineup page where you can plug and play lineups right down from seven to one in the case or 10 to one, depending on the field. And all of that, we're going to match your first deposit up to $50. Just use our promo code stochastic. Jeff will be back on Thursday with Pete, back with me on Friday. We'll see you for NHA NFL. NBA, though, right now. Don't go anywhere.